ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Security Insider podcast. And today we are talking about women in security. To help us with our conversation, we are joined by a panel of guests, starting with Rachel Saunders, Chief Executive Officer at National Protective Services and Vice President at the Australian Security Industry Association Limited. We have Suzette Poe-Williams, Customer Service Manager at Central Monitoring Services and recipient of the 2013 Australian Security Medal. And we have Eliza Thorne, Manager manager of the Queensland, Northern Territory and Pacific Office at Intelligent Risks uh, and the recipient of the 2021 Outstanding Female Security Professional Award. Welcome all of you to the program. So thank you for joining me. Uh, We're talking today about women in security. And I guess I'd like to begin by getting your your take on uh, the, the state of the industry from your perspective. I understand that the security industry has traditionally been a male-dominated industry, and it's great to see that this is changing. But how fast is it changing, and is it heading in the right direction? And Rachel, perhaps you can kick us off by giving us your thoughts. Uh, it, look, it is changing. I think people's perceptions are changing around what the security industry is. You know, traditionally people saw the security industry as big crowd controllers and, um, you know, typical bouncer type. But now people are realising it's it's nothing like that at all. That's just a very small aspect of what we do. And so because the industry is viewed now in a much broader way, uh, there is a lot of change and uh, we have a lot more women entering the industry now. Um, you know, in, in our company, we have about 21% um, female security people across the board. And in fact, we interviewed our first um, apprentice technician the other day, uh, female. So that was a first for us. So it is, it is changing. That's great. And Eliza, what about you? How, how do you feel sort of the industry is changing? Um, look, I agree with Rachel in that I think that the perception has changed in terms of uh, what's required to be in the security industry. Um, and I think that's a really positive thing. And it's nice to hear 20% um, or 21% of, of, of Rachel's company are, are females, but that's still actually quite a low percentage when you think about the capabilities of women. Um, and I think while the perception of what it takes to be in the industry might have changed. I, I think there's still a lot of challenges to women in getting those first jobs and getting access to it. Um, and the perception of how welcome you'll be in the industry, how seriously you'll be taken, I think it's still there, particularly when you're dealing with some of the older guard. Um, and so I think our ability to actually attract females into, into the industry is still something um, that requires, I, I guess, a bit more concerted attention, particularly in a labour market that's becoming increasingly uh, difficult to secure the right talent. So talk me through some of those challenges. Why do you believe it is that we find it challenging to attract women to the security industry? Well, I think uh, for a start, um, I think that the the perception around the security industry as being male-dominated is already a difficulty, and that's, I guess, a bit self-perpetuating. But I think that it's also a problem for junior people coming in and feeling like they're valued within the environment, and there's some cultural change that I think needs to go on. And sometimes that's about uh, people not 
giving women a fair go to talk in some environments, but it's also about some of the lack of inclusion. Um, for, for me personally, one thing I find really difficult is when people will say things like, um, oh, sorry about swearing, there's a woman in the room, or there's, there's all these things that kind of in that old guard that still put women as the other. And I think that makes it difficult coming through because there's so many opportunities that if you start out in a junior role, um, if you feel like you're not going to be valued and you're not going to be able to progress in your career, then I, I feel that that's something that, that challenges the industry to maintain those people in it. Um, and, you know, you're getting your first um, apprentice technician. It's hard to be the first of things. It's hard to be the person that's different. Um, and I think until we start to get those numbers up, that's always going to be a bit of a challenge in maintaining people in the industry that have skills that can be transferable elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. Rachel, you've you've had, a, you know, a bit of a journey in the security industry. You started out as a patrol officer and managed to work your way through the ranks and start your own very successful company and then become a, a prominent figure within the industry. I mean, what do you see as being the challenges? I, I think it's um, women understanding the roles that we have is, mm. is a factor. You know, if we look at a lot of concierge security roles at the moment, you know, any building that you go into, any main building, they're security officers doing a concierge role. And traditionally, a lot of those roles would have been performed by women really, they're, you know, greeting visitors and performing, in a sense, a, a bit of a reception role. Um, yet it's it's not a role that, that a lot of women would think is out there for them or a lot of supervisory roles that are um, very flexible within our industry. So, you know, for example, if, if um, you've got a family and you want flexibility in your career, the security industry is great for that. You know, we can do four-hour shifts or six-hour shifts or two days a week or one day a week or six days a week. <laughs> um, so it's just that we don't promote a lot of the um, things that some women are looking for in terms of their job or their, their career. Um yeah, I think it's a lot about that. We're not promoting the industry as as one that's open to a lot of women. I agree with that, especially with women wanting to return to the workforce or wanting to take, um, you know, part-time work that fits around family, around school times. Um, yeah. More often when you see um, advertisements for people, it, it'll stress the, um, the shift work in the context of extra hours might be required, weekends and out of hours might be required. Very seldom do you see you see anything that's actually pr projecting it as roles that actually are more flexible rather than requiring additional commitment. Yeah, well, I think, Rachel, you raise a really interesting point around the concept of, you know, not all of the security roles have to necessarily be confrontational roles or roles that some women might not feel comfortable with, not that they're not suited to them. I've met some pretty, pretty, you know, stand up women, but it's whether or not they feel suited to it. Uh, one of the statistics I had seen a, a couple of weeks ago was that, you know, the vast majority of people who are currently on unemployment were women are 45 years and older. So I guess the question for you, Rachel, would be what can we be doing as an industry to make those people more aware of the opportunities that exist in security and feel them, make them feel welcome to join in? 
Yeah, I think that's the the point, John. I mean, those those people would be absolutely embraced by our industry. We need people. We need people with good life experience, with you know, good skills. Um, so I think it is about awareness. And, and how we get that out might be through some of the agencies that um, are dealing with, um, you know, unemployed or long, longer term unemployed as well. But it is really awareness. So I guess given that we're, we're looking at ways to try and get more opportunities for women in the industry and to come back what you were saying, come back to what you were saying before, Eliza, about sort of, you know, there's still being a bit of a, an old guard to some degree where sometimes you don't necessarily feel comfortable. Uh, I, I guess one of the questions that I would ask is at what point and how far away do you think we are from being able to sort of, you know, recognize professionals in their own right for being great professionals and for it not being about women in security anymore. And I understand that we're still away from that, but, but how far are we and what do we need to do to get to that point? I think uh, it's, a, it's a really good question. And I have to say, um, when I recently was awarded the OSPA for Outstanding Female Security Professional, there was a part of me that thought, but I'm just an outstanding security professional, surely. Yeah. Um, but then I took a, took a moment to think, and I, and I do really believe that it is those sorts of things that raise the profile. And I think... The point, I guess, of doing this, having awards, having a discussion about security uh, professional women is to do exactly what Rachel was just talking about and try and raise some awareness. And I think that works quite well for people that are, I guess, already interested in the security field to see a passage through. How that can reach the people that don't know they have an interest, those unemployed 45 plus women, I think that's a more challenging um, dynamic to work with but I think we're a way off because quite frankly the numbers don't support us being close and and, and I think it's a broader um, it's a broader issue across society you know the gap between male and females should be decreasing I certainly believed at 16 we were the generation that wouldn't see one I don't believe that at, <laughs> at, at 43 um, because we are still seeing a gender pay gap, we're still seeing um, we're still seeing disproportionate amounts in, in executive positions, and we're seeing whole industries that are disproportionately um, male or female in some cases, but often um, in a traditional industry, traditional gender roles perspective. So I, I think it's part of a broader problem, but I think it's important to to keep going in raising that awareness to be able to get those that change and I think once we do have more women in those positions then we'll be able to move beyond having to promote females into promoting professionals yeah has anyone else got anything they'd like to add to that or I, I, I think it, I'm sorry, sorry Susan. <laughs> you go. <laughs> I was Suzette. just going to say, I think yeah. it's still speaking up and speaking out. <laughs> yeah, that w- that we also have that responsibility to still speak up and and speak out wherever we can about um, you know our roles or being in the industry, uh, the good things about the industry, to encourage those those people coming forward and maybe taking risks that you know in our careers that we may not 
necessarily always want to do, but um, it does pave the, pave the way for others. Uh, I certainly feel a strong sense of um, um, sistership <laughs> with other women in the industry. And, um, you know, I want to support women in our industry as well. Um, yeah, both that I work with and women that I don't um, directly work with. And I think we sort of have a bit of that obligation to nurture others coming forward. Yeah. So I, I just find it interesting. I'd never looked at it before about women in security, women awards. Um, Eliza, um, I never looked at it as a way of promoting women and encouraging women into our industry. I too have always been an advocate of women in security, but I'm also an advocate of all people in security. Mm -hmm. And I uh, often wonder whether or not, well, I've never looked at it before that it's good to have women in security awards. I always like to be judged on my capabilities, not on my gender. And in my 30 years, I have never experienced the negativity that a lot of women have experienced. I've always been respected, well-mentored, encouraged and pushed forward. But I've also worked with very progressive companies. I work in a company that's 99.9% .9 women. The majority yeah. is and has always been in my 30 years, women. Um, so for, for us at Central, um, we've been very lucky. Maybe we've been a little bit protected. But in saying that, I'm very active in the security industry. I have covered all aspects of it, everything from protective services right through to where I sit now in customer services and monitoring centres. And I've, I've always been respected. Yeah. Um, I, I think... I think it's important to point out, though, that a lot of these issues that we're talking about, and there are definitely people on both sides of it. There are women who've experienced things that no one should have to put up with. There are people who are fortunate, like you, Suzette, who haven't necessarily had that experience. But the thing I think we need to point out is this is not just endemic to the security industry either. Like these are issues for women in employment across the board. Everywhere. These are societal issues. And it just so happens that having been such a heavily male-dominated industry up until probably the last 20 years, we're perhaps a little bit further behind the rest of the corporate world in catching up. But it, it would seem if we look at, uh, say, subjects like um, physics and science and engineering, we're seeing a similar thing where those aren't subjects that a lot of young girls are encouraged by their families to study for whatever reason it would seem to me that there's a similar thing happening in the security industry where it's easy to say, oh, well, women don't want to go into security because, you know, we think of bouncers and crowd controllers and all the rest of it. But there's lots of great, very skilled positions in security engineering and consulting and all the rest of it. So it's about feeding people through from a, from a high school level, to me at least anyway, and making them understand there are all sorts of career opportunities. And you touched on this earlier, Rachel. There are all sorts of career opportunities beyond just those basic coalface, you know, physical security positions. Is, yeah. is that the case? Do we need to sort of really broaden the horizon as an industry and help people understand the depth and scope of what we've got to offer? I think we do. Um, yeah. I, I firmly believe that the security industry is one of the most amazing industries that you could actually get into. There is nowhere that we can't go as an industry, um, male or female, as long as you have a passion and a drive, and a willingness to learn and work, 
the security industry is a great place to be. I agree with you, John, we need to be starting to recruit from high school level. So anywhere from the year 10 up, you won't have to, in New South Wales, you've got to sort of have your, you've got to be 18 to hold a security license. You do not have to be 18 to start an apprenticeship in security electronics. Uh, and that can start with, you know, um, running cable all the way through to basic cyber which is exciting anyway these days. I mean, everywhere we look now, it's yeah. cyber. Um, and I know that at the moment, cyber and, and all that sort of stuff is exciting, but I still believe that the industry has a lot to offer no matter what your passion is. If you want to be on the ground um, at events and attending concerts and footballs and, and doing those sort of things, you can. If you want to, I don't know, do night patrol work, which is a very specialised skill, I, I challenge anybody that says that it's not a specialised skill. It is. Um, and it's still a very important skill. Um, then we, we're also fighting people saying that, you know, robotics, and there will be a space in our industry for people that can deal with robotics, programming, maintenance, service, all of those things. But that in itself is exciting, but that will not eliminate protective services. People like people. There is a need yep. for customer services. If you're passionate about customer services, security concierge is there as well. So no matter what aspect of the security industry you look at, there's something for everyone. Yeah, And I think that we don't do a good enough job in telling people that. Eliza, you work in a fairly specialised area of the industry. How did, Tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you end up in your role? Uh, so I essentially, um, I went to university. I'd had no idea that security would end up being a direction I'd go in. I certainly was not looking for it or pushed in it. Um, I did an arts degree. And at the end of that, I looked for a job and I applied for a range of graduate programs from things in finance through to um, things in, in policy. And I ended up working for defence. And that's, I guess, where I, I sort of fell into the national security area. So I then deployed in Iraq, I deployed in East Timor, um, and I then moved into transport security. And then from there, I ultimately got a position with intelligent risks where we do security risk um, and crisis management um, consultancy services. Um, and I do find that at that sort of level, um, you know, I've had great support um, my clients um, have all been very supportive. Um, I've never felt, um, you know, that, it, that it's problematic at all. But certainly um, there has been a perception from other consultants sometimes as to where are your qualifications, particularly, you know, if you're younger as well as being female. To them, there's that idea that you haven't come from the right background um, and how do you sort of prove your ilk in that sense? Um, and we do a lot from security design for major infrastructure um, and risk assessments, facility reviews, all the way through to, to crisis management. Um, and I certainly see very few females comparatively um, in the positions and, and the roles that, that we fulfil, uh, despite the fact that I can see absolutely no reason uh, why a woman wouldn't be just as capable or competent. 
Um, and I, I, all I can see is that the career path hasn't been as evident to them as it has been to a lot of the males because a lot of people feel like um, it's got to come out of law enforcement or it's got to come out of particular elements rather than looking, I think, a little bit more broad and strategically about the skill sets that are actually needed um, and to be able to, to foster those. And I was lucky enough my company was willing to coming out of the public sector um, but I think that there is sometimes a narrow focus and that gets you a narrow, um, I guess, a, a narrow cohort and they do tend to, to be more male. And Rachel, you've taken more of a traditional sort of path in the security industry where, as we spoke about earlier, you came from a, a guarding and patrolling background and then sort of decided to launch your own business and have grown it successfully from there. Tell me a little bit about your journey and how you've seen change in security over the last 20, 30 years? Well, when I started um, and I went into patrol work and really the only reason they, they let me do it is because they were so short-staffed. Uh, <laughs> um, and they said, oh, no, there hasn't been a uh, woman in patrols that we know of in Australia at that time. And, um, you know, there was pre-mobile phones. So <laughs> it was a long yeah. time ago. Um, but and I, I didn't do it because I wanted to be in the security industry. I was just looking to pay bills. And so I fell into the industry as a, as a way to do that. But pretty quickly, I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I love the um, feeling of keeping our clients safe and knowing that that everything about their business or operations is under control and secure. And um, that's always driven me and pushed me forward. But within the industry, I've been able to reinvent myself as well. My role's changed. Um, you know, I've gone back to uni and um, completed different degrees and I've trained in, um, I've got security qualifications and things like that. So my role certainly hasn't stayed the same. And as I've progressed in the industry, you know, I, I, I just enjoy it. It's a, it's a great industry. So probably what I would say to other women who are you know looking out there for opportunities either in the industry or without is to try our industry you know it, it is very satisfying um, especially when you know nothing's happened during the week so we're all doing a great job everything's calm so you know everyone's done a great job it's a it's a really nice nice feeling knowing that um you know there there are hundreds of businesses and people's livelihoods or you know their environment that's secure because of the work that we do yep and Suzette what about you tell us a little bit about sort of you know your thoughts on on what you would say to people considering a career in this industry well first up I'd say consider a career yeah I think I was about 15 years into my career when someone said to me, you've got a fabulous career. And I went, I've got a great job. And they went, no, 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 Suze, you have a fabulous career. Look at what you've done. Look at all you've achieved and look at the company that you work for. Um, and at that point I went, well, you know what? I do have a career. I never noticed it before. So I say, just have a look at what we do. Whatever your interest is, whether you be a young person coming into industry or a, a working, a person that has returned to work. And yeah, if you've been off on your maternity leave or whatever, for whatever reason, you've taken a break, you should always look at us. There is always something. Um, and it's exciting. Yeah. Security engineering 
if you're a person that loves customer service, loves to be in control of things, um, has an inquisitive nature, you can just look around and go, well, I would love to learn how to program that receiver. I would love to learn how to install an alarm system. I would love to go a next level up and do a bit of study, become a consultant. Um, there is nothing that we can't do in the security industry, John. And, yep. Yep. and regardless of who you are and where you've come from, there's always room for someone to do something. Eliza, your, your thoughts? Yeah, I guess just building on on that idea that there's so much range and diversity, I think that that's really important. And I think for me, the thing that I think that brings together both what Rachel and, and what Suze is saying is that I think it's a real opportunity to make a difference. And I think particularly for, for people in the current environment, you know, the, the world's a pretty messy place. Life's pretty messy. And the security industry is somewhere where you can actually see that you can make a tangible difference. Um, you can make a tangible difference to someone's life. You can keep someone safe. You can help somebody in a crisis. And there's a whole range of different ways that you can um, express your compassion, um, your your um, your passion for, the, for life in the industry. And I think that there is so much um, opportunity in security to essentially make a difference in a world where I think people are looking for that. That sounds like a pretty good place to finish to me. Ladies, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. If you would like more podcasts like this one, you can find them uh, on the ASIAL website at www.asial.com.au and we look forward to catching you on the next episode. Have a great day.